0: From How to Barbecue Right Studios in in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek so today it's uh, our Friday show beautiful day today I guess we both have had some more experiences over the last couple of days since our last uh, since our interview with the Alderman at large uh, last night we both attended the crew meeting
1: absolutely uh, had a chance to sit down with a bunch of guys and crew Fernando again we'll talk a little bit more about it some really good positive feedback. Uh, that we'll talk again in just a second about some of the candidate interviews that uh, the the gentleman had been able to listen to and, and talk about some stuff that they didn't know about the candidates and, and, and learned on our podcast. So very good feedback. It's a good sounding board for, for us and our show and how things are going.
0: You know, and I hope that uh, you know, everybody's kind of had a year off, and that includes the crew. You know, we were not able to have – uh, our main fundraiser, the Mardi Gras Ball. Uh, we were not able to do the teacher raffle that we normally do uh, last summer, and so. Uh, but we have our year, our official year for the crew starts on April 1st, uh, goes through May th- March 31st, and with it getting kicked off, we're, we're electing a new board. And I hope that uh, all the listeners, you know, we're we're expecting to do a couple fundraisers, uh, Matt, in the next six months that we talked about last night, leading up to our Mardi Gras Ball n- at the end of next February, and uh, just going to be a, a regular year for us. And so, looking for a lot of new exciting things coming out of that, you know. Speaking of exciting things, Matt, this weather, basically they call it Chamber of Commerce weather, great time to buy or sell a house.
1: That's exactly right, Derek. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home in DeSoto County or anywhere in the Mid-South, please reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team. Whether you are buying or selling, there's no better team to work with than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. Currently, they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free, no-obligation market analysis to learn the value of your home, to learn different comps in your area, to learn what your neighborhood or what's your different municipalities, uh, their different sales, uh, their different price per square foot, and all that information. Brian and Terry and their team can supply you with that. Give them a call at 662-449-1700, that's 662-449-1700, or find them at teamcouch.com, that's teamcouch.com. Podcast recorded this Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have knives, rubs, cutting boards, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you're one of Malcolm's over a million How to Barbecue Right cooking video subscribers, you know how quality Malcolm and his team are. Please stop by their shop today. Again, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Or you can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Thank you to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group for being our presenting sponsor. And How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. You know, Derek, back to what I was talking about a, a few minutes ago, uh, we have a little bit of social time before we start our official meetings. Derek, uh, the crew at the Hernando Golf and Racquet Club, again, shout out to them for being so uh, gracious to us for the last, gosh, it's hard to be, believe it's been 11 years now uh, of, of going to the, the country club, going to the, the Hernando Golf and Racquet Club, um, you know, for our meetings and stuff, and, and again, shout out to them uh, for what they do for us. But the different number of guys that would grab me and say, hey, I had no idea about this situation. I had no idea about – I mean, Derek, it was everything from, you know, fencing up and down Mackinville to a couple of different people told me they didn't even know Sam Lauderdale was an alderman. I mean, so that's how closely people listen to our ads and listen to our stuff and support our, our local, uh, you know, advertisers and everything like that. So, again, good experience, a good opportunity for people to tell us, hey, I live in Ward 2, I live in Ward 3, I live in Ward 6, you know, and, and say the candidate interviews really enlightened me and my wife. I had one guy say he had gone back and listened to an interview three times. So I don't know if that's a good thing <laughs> or a bad thing, but uh, he listened to it, uh, you know, quite uh, cl- uh, exclusively.
0: Matt no, I agree. I mean, I think that hopefully this is helping to educate people uh, on the races and trying to understand, you know, if, if this is your first time to vote in Hernando, you know, what their positions are, what their platforms are, and if you've been here for you know 20, 30, 50 years, you know, these are a lot of brand new candidates this time. Uh, this is probably the the most turnover we've had since I remember. I've been here 17 years and the most turnover, you know, or potential turnover for a board uh, that I can remember. Uh, there's been a, uh, you know, we will, uh, of course, have the mayor next week coming off of our Armin at Large uh, podcast that we did on Wednesday, uh, which I thought both candidates did well. Uh, now we're going to go into our mayoral candidates. We will interview both of the mayors early next week and we'll have our final special episode uh, leading up to the election on March 31st. So Wednesday, March 31st will be the final special
1: episode that we have. Just a quick reminder, uh, Derek and I have decided to do our typical Tuesday show that would air on Tuesday, April 6th. We're going to let the elections happen and come with a Wednesday show. So we will have a Wednesday morning show with the reactions to the uh, elections on Tuesday. So we're going to give it the night. We'll learn and keep up with the numbers and stuff. So when you wake up on Wednesday, uh, give or take, we're going to you know kind of give you our thoughts and give you the updates uh, on the election. So it'll be Wednesday, April 7th will be that week's uh, official kind of quote unquote Tuesday show. So be, be prepared for that Wednesday, April 7th.
0: And leading up to Uh, Our podcast with the mayors. If you want to go ahead, there are some uh, other sites that have already uh, talked with the mayors. Uh, if you want to go to DeSotoCountyNews.com, uh, they have uh, some paid advertisements that the both mayor or candidates put out that you can go in there that, that kind of a question and answer session um, and you can get some information based. They asked some pretty good questions. Uh, the paper Bob and did uh, as part of that advertisement about, you know, kind of different positions. Uh, he asked some similar questions and you may ha- you know, hear a couple of those questions on our podcast. Not the exact questions, obviously, but the same topics uh, on our podcast next Wednesday. So again, go ahead and from Familiarize yourself with both candidates uh, on that site. Go ahead and you know, ho- I hope that you all listen to our podcast next Wednesday. I, I do want to say that please do not get all your information from the comment section on social media. <laughs> yep. uh, if, if you're going to, to a site and clicking on a comment and or an article, and then you're going to the 150 comments under that article, and that's where you're then asking questions off of those, I would probably be wary of that. Uh, again, th- there's a lot of information out there. You can Google these individuals. You can Google certain things. If you know, uh, you can Google parks. You can Google planning. You can Google, you know, uh, Hernando Police. I mean, you can Google a lot of things to kind of find out what's going on. Not you know, last four years, last eight years, last you know, 20 years. So uh, just just do your homework. Uh, I think the the article is a good jumping off spot. Uh, our podcast, we believe, is going to be a good jumping off spot, and we'll know more about that on Wednesday. Uh, but uh, again, this is this is a very very important election. Uh, there will be five new aldermen no matter what um and then you know potentially a new old mayor or uh, or a current mayor uh re-elected. so you know that's what we're, we're you know we're trying to encourage you to uh, as matt says you know politics is local you know there's a lot going on the president had his first uh his question and answer session yesterday since he's been in office but you know that's and that's fine that's great and, and a lot of the macro things I mean, we're, you know a lot of us you know getting checks uh, a lot of us are, you know, we'll be receiving uh, the the child uh, tax break next year. Uh, there will be infrastructure; the state's getting 1.9 billion dollars. All that's great, uh, and that will affect us in some way, or form, or fashion. But locally, it affects us every day. And so, just you know, uh, do your homework, look at this, and uh, we you know we're looking forward to uh, having both Chip Johnson uh, and Mayor Tom Ferguson uh, in here uh,
1: early next week for our podcast. I had a gentleman mention to me, and I haven't seen him probably well, literally haven't seen him since November, and he he mentioned to me. He said, hey, what you said after the election about politics being local, being able to know who can help you fix a pothole, which we'll get to in a second, uh, who can help you fix a pothole uh, in, in front of your house uh, may be more I- important than than maybe who's – you know, in the White House, per se, or or whatever. So politics is local. It is important. And like Derek said, five new uh, alderman seats uh, will be taken. And so we're looking forward to that uh, as far as the the elections go. Educate yourself, whether it be our podcast, uh, you can go back and look through our history. We've interviewed every single candidate except for the war two candidates because they're not their race really doesn't start until may so we did we skipped over war two but every ward ward one three four five six alderman at large mayors next week i can't think of anywhere else where they're going to sit down they didn't sit down in the same room together that maybe that's maybe that's another uh, show that could happen um but but they didn't sit down together but we asked some similar questions look go educate yourself like Derek said don't Get lost in the rabbit hole down the comment section of a of a string on social media to get your news and something else, Derek. Most of these men and women are out campaigning just about every day. Certainly on the weekends. I mean, if you wanted it, you could find their phone number pretty quick. Yeah. Oh, if you okay. wanted it, you could figure it out before you post something on social media about somebody. I can almost guarantee you, if you, with thirty seconds of effort, you could get yeah, you can get them on the phone them or exactly. email
0: them on their website, which they all have websites sure. and or Facebook. Message them on Facebook. Ask them the question. If you want to go go to the source. They want to. They want you to ask the question. They they would rather not have misinformation. Or he said, she said, ask them the questions. That's exactly right.
1: And that's going to. That's the way it should be. That's the good old fashioned way. I mean, we don't have town halls and stuff like that. I mean, I know the the Shelby County Fair was so big and stump speeches and all that kind of stuff. But I know we've gotten off on a little bit of a rant here. But we just want to encourage uh, our listeners to educate yourself. We want to encourage our listeners to be educated voters. You know, don't just maybe go off of what your aunt. Told you she heard about somebody. Just go to the source and and learn about it. And that's what's gonna be a much better, you know, that's what's gonna be a better board. That's what's gonna be a a better voter for Hernando, which I know we pride ourselves on educating ourselves and being good quality voters and good quality citizens of Hernando. So not a whole lot of stuff going on in, in Hernando. We talked about the Alderman's meeting. Now, last week and everything like that. But that's something that we wanted to cover locally. Uh, encourage people to go to our podcast. Go to com. Again, they are paid advertisements. It says uh, meet the candidate. But they do have some really good questions and answer uh, sessions there uh, with com. Go check that out. Turning our attention north, very simple. The South Haven Alder meeting got pushed from last week to this week, so it did take place on Tuesday. Not a lot of meat there except for the mayor's report. Derek, what you got about the South Haven Alder meeting this past Tuesday?
0: uh again as matt mentioned there were just a few kind of cleanup things uh they did sign uh the contract or i guess how the you know the mayor signed the contract for uh, the october fest i don't know whether to call yeah, it okay. the harvest fest or actually they have an actual name yet but for the spring fest moving to october uh they signed the contract with the company for that so that you know obviously that's positive news for south haven but i know a lot of people at hernando enjoy that uh there was a couple there was a, a a resolution for an emergency repair they had a couple of uh uh, emergencies, I think a lightning strike uh, at one of the water plants. Uh, so, get well and work worth eight. So, they had that done. Uh, the sanitation route change wasn't as big of a deal as Hernando. There was basically just one subdivision that was moving from Tuesday to Wednesday. So, something very uh, simple. The COVID leave policy got a little more information about that. Uh, you know, obviously, it's part of the federal extension. Um, and this, this resets what it does is it resets the 80 hours. So, they get 80 hours of COVID time. Uh, And now with uh, Chris Wilson, who is the city manager, he basically said, hey, nobody's used more than 24. So this is not a people abusing this issue. But it resets their 80 hours that they could claim for COVID time. It was supposed to expire on on March 31st for them to be able to use that time. They now can it's now been extended to September 30th. So they, they, they did approve that. They went but, ahead
1: and extended out like four or five months. we yeah, they went, we keep they went going, six okay. months. They right. went six months.
0: And then finally, of course, uh, as you mentioned, the meat of the meeting uh, was the mayor's report. Now, he went through several things. Again, I'm going to go through it real quickly. But a lot of this, uh, you know, affects everybody up the Gitwell Corridor down to South Haven, you know, down to Hernando, because South Haven does have the entertainment district that they're putting right there uh, at May Boulevard and Gitwell. So the bridge has gone vertical. I don't know if you've driven by. I yeah. actually saw it this week. Uh, they're starting to put the, uh, I guess, the rebar on the sides, right. uh, going up uh, on each side of the road. So that's exciting to see that coming. Obviously, really excited about that. They went ahead. There was a, a larger building on State Line Road that closed. So there'll be a new business going in there, which is revitalization of that area. The old Taco Bell on State Line Road has been de- demolished. A new business going there. So he also talked about the fact that they had a tournament for the first time. You know, on the new turf fields last weekend hundred and forty teams. Hundred and forty teams that had came in and just, you know, had a great time. And he said if it had not been for the turf fields with the rain that they had, they would have had to cancel the yep. tournament. Yep. So again, hundred and forty teams. So what does that mean to this area? Well it means the the city, you know, this has this, you know, putting the I guess, investment into these fields, he was trying to explain to the people, obviously the constituents as well as the board. He said, this has allowed us not to raise taxes since 2006. So they haven't raised taxes in 15 years. People, you know, they come in, they spend money at the fields, they spend money at the restaurants next to the field, the people out of town are spending money at the hotels. And, again, that trickles down to Hernando. And so I think that's, you know, uh, you know fantastic news. And he also mentioned, Matt, next weekend the Snowden Grove is set to host 158 teams. So 140 this past weekend. Next weekend, 158 teams. That's a new record in 22 years of Snowden Grove Park. That's the most teams they've ever hosted.
1: 160 baseball teams coming to a tournament. One tournament. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, anyway, so that's just you know, again, just uh, the investment they made. So we're kind of spouting that. The last thing he really touched on was, and this was this was directly to the the uh, residents, and constituents uh, in in South Haven is the issue with the the resurfacing and the potholes. Now we know that they set aside a pretty decent budget for resurfacing. We know they started last uh, November. Instead of waiting until the spring like they normally do, they went ahead and started it because they had the money available and they were kind of worried about, you know, the the rain and the, the freezing temperatures that we're going to have for uh, the winter season. Well, that was both correct. Uh, however, you know, what's ha- you know with the freezing temperatures matter, what, 10 days in a row, Uh, sub freezing temperatures and, and, uh, you know, two or three nights down there around zero. Uh, That has done a absolute number on everybody's roads. And so he mentioned, he said, look, we already had the resurfacing done. We had a list of priorities. Well, now after this freeze, after now it heats back up and then we get just massive amounts of rain over the last two weeks. He said it has really washed out. It has really shown the weak surfaces in the roads. And they're having to reprioritize some of these streets to get them paved. Uh, some of them in stretches, and some of them are just filling in potholes. And he said, "Yes, he is aware of every pothole because he has had basically every you know everybody that uh, lives in any neighborhood that has a pothole has contacted him." Sure. And so that's you know so he's gone in there and he said, "Look, so we're, we're doing our priorities. If it's a resurface, it was already set for resurface. If it has you know now a worsened, we've moved that one up." But if it's just a pothole, if it's a single spot, we're just going to patch it. Yeah. We're just going to fill it in, and then we'll put it on the list for two years from now, three years from now. But we're just going to fill it in. And he said, so please be patient. You know, this was a, a 36-year weather exp- event that happened where we had 10, 10 days of, of sub-freezing temperatures and that hard of a freeze. He said, so he we will get to them. Now, he's speaking to the people in South Haven. Right. This also goes for Hernando. Right. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have been online, just, you know, I've got a pothole here. We've got a pothole here. Kroger's got a pothole here. Everybody knows. You're right. But, again, this is a 36-, 40-year event. So basically a half-century event that happened. And, you know, the, I'm sure the city is aware. I'm sure the city planning, I mean, the the works department is aware. They will get to them. Uh, I'm sure the companies that own the park lots are aware. They will get to them. But remember, Hernando is not the only City that has this issue. And so South Haven, people are complaining about it. I'm sure all branch people are complaining about it. We have to ask OB pod. There are a lot of of cities that are dealing with, you know, these streets, you know, when you freeze it, when you contract it, and you come back with 70 degree weather one week later, and it pops them back open. And then you get, you know, this downpour of rain like we had, you know, a couple mornings ago, that's going to happen. Right. It's going to happen. So again, just be patient. They know that they're there. I'm not saying don't call the city, please make them aware of it. But once they're made aware of it, it's not, hey, they're never going to fill it in. You know, it, and I know it's all funny that, you know, this this one's three stories high and this one has its own zip code. Ha ha ha. That, that's that's great. And I, I'm sure, you know, you can get a little giggle or smile on a Friday morning reading that but they are aware of it. South Haven's aware of it. Hernando's aware of it. And uh, so it's a tough job. And uh, that's why we, we do credit everybody that comes on here to interview. Uh, it's a tough job to have a city position. And uh, we do give them, you know, uh, a credit for what they are doing. Uh, and then, uh, you know, We'll look forward to having those potholes filled in.
1: So it's no coincidence that a candidate for alderman contacted me about it, where he could get a dump truck full of asphalt that's yesterday. Right. No, that's it's nice. no coincidence. <laughs> he called me and said, hey, how can, I, how can I get some asphalt? And I was like, man, I have, I have no idea. But uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. But, again, that may be the way to do it right there. It's on their last week of campaigning, see how many potholes the candidates could get and filled look, in? And, look, this, this is an
0: election year, so I yeah. promise you, if they had the asphalt, if they had right. the ability, they would fill in every pothole right. to get every vote they could. It's just, you know, it takes time to ramp up. You've got it, and then again, it's it's all about you know the materials that you have, and it's all about what the priority, which are the busier streets,
1: right? Exactly. So, well, that's kind of the meat of the mayor's uh, report. We we talk all the time, every, twice at least twice a month, we talk about how good a job Muscle White does for uh, the the mayor's report. He definitely uh, does not leave much there that that he doesn't talk about or is not afraid to talk about. So that's your South Haven report there for the Alderman meeting. We're going to turn our attention. Now it's a little bit more statewide news, Derek, something going on state-related. We uh, A lot of stuff, the legislature is still in session. It is still meeting down in Jackson, so we've got some things that um, affected us or that definitely affect us. One thing that affects us, being Hernando, a city of around 21,000, affects us is state troopers now being able to run radar. Tell us about it.
0: Right, so Governor Tate Reeves signed the bill uh, into law within the past week. This is now allows state troopers to run radar and do traffic enforcement within municipal limits of cities over 15,000. Right. Uh, the bill was auth- uh, authored by State Senator David Blunt of Jackson. This is expected to assist local law enforcement efforts. So we've talked before how Hernando has the most stretches of interstate uh, in the county with both 55 and 69 laying within its borders. And so that that's putting a lot of strain on the local police force having to get out there and try to run radar and oh you know go to a, a cat stuck in a tree and you know somebody you know maybe being broken in or somebody's having packages stolen off their front lawn you know front doorstep so they're having to cover all that you know it's just a, a wider range of things but the interstate does put a lot of pressure on the police department well now mph mississippi highway patrol right. mhp excuse me Sorry. mississippi highway patrol can go out there and do it for them now so when you I guess used to when you used to see the uh, highway patrol sitting on the side of the road and you kind of slammed on your brakes because maybe you were going, you know, uh, 72 and a 70. Um, now, you know, back, they were not looking for that. They were looking more for, okay, is this a drug runner, that sort of thing. Now they're running radar. So, um, you know, they
1: have the capabilities to run radar. That's right. Of I mean, you know, again, and, if it could, Yeah, it's a deterrence, which is good.
0: And so, and that's great. Now, we did talk on this podcast before about a bill that was also trying to allow the sheriff's department to do the same thing out in the county. You know, you know only a couple of counties in Mississippi current. Uh, uh, currently are allowed to have their sheriffs run radar. That bill failed. That bill died. I guess okay. I should say failed. That bill died. Uh, talked to a senator. They said that they will. They will bring it up next year. More counties are getting on board, especially counties over certain sizes. Uh, but that will not be enacted this year. So don't look for the sheriffs to be able to run radar uh, over the next. I guess you know nine months. The Mississippi Highway Patrol will be able to on the interstates now.
1: I think that kind of makes sense. I mean, like you said, cities with a population of fifteen thousand or more, which there's not a ton of those, in her in in, in in Mississippi, right? but I mean it does kind of make sense for where there's more people uh, for the, the state troopers being able to, to do that. Something else we talked about on Tuesday, Derek, on our Tuesday show, we mentioned the teacher pay raise. Uh, teacher pay raise going uh, getting $1,000. Uh, I would assume that starts as soon as it as it can. And then the uh, teacher's aides getting uh, an $1,100 uh, raise, uh, which we, we both talked about being a good thing. However, the income tax stuff we talked about several weeks ago did not pass, so they, they will still have to pay tax on that extra money, but uh, tell us about that.
0: They, they've taken it up. There was a lot of discussion. Got you know, got a lot further than I think uh, it has, but it looks like it will not pass for this session. And so they're going to kind of table it. They'll have some more conversations about it. And you know, a lot of sticking points is is that's a you know, that's, I think it's a third of the state budget, uh, maybe even a little more. And that's a lot to replace. So if, if you're, you're getting away with basically two billion dollars, you know, we talked about it, about six billion dollars is the state's budget. So two billion of that uh, coming from you know income tax. So how do you replace that? And, you know, is it sales tax? Is it higher grocery tax? So they really couldn't come to an a, a agreement. I think that you'll have, you know, maybe some discussions, maybe some, you know, private phone calls, you know, over the fall and winter trying to, you know, senators, House you know members going back and forth. Okay, well, how can we get this done? And I, I think that a lot of Mississippians are for it. I know that it is definitely pro-business if you do that. Uh, it will, you know, now what's the difference? You know, people that have always stayed in Tennessee or lived in Tennessee because they don't have income tax now can say, well, Minnesota County looks good, you know, Marshall County looks good. That's would be great for our county. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but that's been tabled. Another one that's not dead yet, but it's uh, kind of on its last leg, is the medical marijuana bill. Uh, now, we know that it was voted in uh, last November, but that was immediately challenged to the Supreme Court and so it has not gone into effect. Now, the Senate took it up, tried to take it up, and tried to have some kind of parameters set and basically have something in place if the lawsuit went through so that there would be something to fall back on because that's what the voters had voted for. Your House and the Senate could not come to agreement, uh, and basically it died. But the Senate was basically able to resurrect it by making it part of a bond bill that's going through. So both the bond bill... And the marijuana bill are tied together, uh, have been submitted back to the House. It is in the House Speaker's hands, so we will see what happens. The lawsuit still is going forward. Uh, I believe that will that the challenging. Uh, I guess the you know what the voters had voted on last November, and I think that ha- takes place in May, I believe. And so you know, kind of that'll be the next step in this whole process and getting the metal, medical marijuana established in Mississippi.
1: Look, if you're looking for more information about this, about the medical marijuana, the OB Pod, our, our brother podcast over in Olive Branch, uh, actually had an opportunity to spend 10-15 minutes with Senator Blackwell, ask him questions, talk with him, go right to the source down in, in Jackson about what's going on with this bill. Uh, some different things, pretty sad. Derek I mean he's a senator that is serving the Olive Branch area and and people were talking about boycotting his business and and different stuff like that so he he wanted to go on the OB pod to tell his side of the story tell what's going on in Jackson that comes out on Monday or Tuesday look OB pod uh, a brother podcast of ours, part of the Rooster Production uh, Company, OB Pod. Find it. Go straight to the source. We continue to talk about it as we talked about 25 minutes ago. Educate yourself as voters. Pay attention to that. Go right to the source and see what's going on and learn more from him. So that kind of covers our state news. I know the legislatures are working hard each and every week trying to get set. They usually wrap up into March, Derek. Into March or April usually. Their time yeah, into the March, sure. April. So that's kind of coming to a close. So we'll probably have a, a good rundown sometime in April about things that pass. And, again, things that maybe didn't pass that uh, – You know we're coming kind of close.
0: North Point will be holding their final open house opportunity on Sunday, April 11th at 2 p.m. Have you been waiting for the right time to attend? Don't miss the final open house opportunity to preview the point. To register your attendance on April 11th, call Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5137. Again, 662-349-5137. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered preparatory school. Don't delay. Register today. That number again is 662-349-5127. They can't wait to meet you and have you join their North
1: Point family. Are you considering a new lawn and landscape company for this spring and summer? Now's a perfect time to reach out to Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, mulching, landscaping, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Now's the time to give Richard and his team a call for winter cleanup, leaf removal, tree trimming, landscaping, Any type of outdoor home need, Richard and his team can help. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook.
0: Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider, is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local long-time resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213, again, 662 662- 429-5213, or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency.
1: As we do each, each and every Friday, we turn our sights on what we've started to call the DeSoto County shoutouts an opportunity to shed some positive news, shed some light on some positive things going on in the city, some things that are coming up that we think would be a really good opportunity for the residents of Hernando and DeSoto County at large to enjoy themselves. There's a raffle coming up uh, that benefits Austin Eldridge. Austin Eldridge is a sheriff's deputy that was uh, injured in the line of duty in February. Most people know the situation there. Most people know the story, uh, but but Austin is home. Austin is doing better each and every day. Uh, we have an opportunity, Derek, to sit. We're going to sit down with Austin uh, next week. So that'll probably be on our Friday show, next Friday show, an opportunity to visit with him. I've had an opportunity to watch a couple of videos with uh, with Austin and stuff and just, a, uh, just an amazing, inspiring outlook uh, on the situation there. But I'm just going to read what uh, about the raffle real quick thanks to the many small businesses in hernando we have collected over two thousand dollars worth of gifts and gift cards from restaurants boutiques car repair locations and other small businesses glad to offer four separate baskets worth five hundred dollars tickets are twenty dollars each and all proceeds will go to the eldridge family tickets can be purchased at complete home center windy city grill hernando flower shop benchmark auto body big muddy coffee blue ribbon cleaners and stake Escape. You can also purchase tickets through Venmo. Simply go to at Eldridge Raffle, that's E-L-D-R-I-D-G-E dash raffle to purchase. They will text you a copy of your ticket. The drawing will be held on March 31st. And again, you do not have to be present to win. So look, Derek, it's an opportunity to spend $20 to, for a chance to have $500 worth of prizes, worth of gifts, to benefit such an amazing thing. You know, Deputy Austin Eldridge and his family.
0: I agree. Uh, so please come out and support. I know there's also, I don't think you can sign up anymore, but there's also a golf tournament that's been going on uh, as a fundraiser. It happened last Thursday, and I think it was so large they had to split it up and it will finish this Thursday. So just a great you – and know, the community is really rallying around this and supporting him, and so this is just another, another opportunity to do that. Uh, the next uh, event that we have, next shout-out, is the uh, April Flock Around the Block. Uh, The Flocker on the Block 5K will happen uh, next Saturday, April 3rd at 8 a.m. You can register at Races online. Or you can show up about you know 30 minutes before the, it starts, about 7.30 uh, next Saturday. Walk up to the to the table, sign up, and go ahead and, and get your name in there. Uh, looks like beautiful weather. I already checked it out right now, like the you know, 10-day forecast. I think it's the lowest 50, high 70, sunny weather. So could not ask for better weather. So come out. Again, the first in-person race in uh, in Hernando since the Water Tower Festival. So a good six months uh, since the last in-person race. Come out and uh, and support uh, this. all, And all the proceeds go to the Interfaith Council.
1: And that's going to be April 3rd. Saturday, April 3rd. 3rd. So in continuing order, Saturday, April 17th, the 17th annual Palmer Home Mudbug Bash, which is going to be different this year. It's going to continue kind of the format they did last year, which was a drive through type situation. However, they are going to allow you, you're going to be able to get out of your car, you're going to be able to come to the Panola Street Courtyard. Uh, There'll be live music, you know, there'll be an opportunity, kind of a street market type thing, buy some stuff, support the Palmer Home. Uh, You know, it's a great fundraiser, Derek. You and I have attended numerous times. Um, But again, you're not able to sit there and enjoy the crawfish there. It's going to be kind of a grab-and-go type situation. Saturday, April 17th, the 17th annual mudbug bash right there Panola Street courtyard 3 p m to 5 p m
0: uh, the next thing we'll have uh, starts that day it starts on april 17th and go it's a week it's the DeSoto County 2021 spring cleanup. It'll last from April 17th to April 24th. Uh, this is sponsored by and put on by the DeSoto County Board of Supervisors and Keep DeSoto County Beautiful. Uh, they're going to set up several dumpster locations. Please go to the website. There's uh, at least 12 to 15 dumpster sites, so I'm not going to read all those off here, uh, but you can have dumpster locations where they're accepting you know any and all types of trash. Uh, they'll have oil disposal locations and e-waste locations. Again, there are locations that will be listed on the website. They'll also put on there what they do allow in the dumpsters and what are not allowed in the dumpsters. So, again, we don't you know, make sure you follow those rules too. Uh, but, again, they have one week where they're going to set up dumpsters throughout the area to allow you, I mean, if you're just cleaning up your house, bring your stuff to these dumpsters. If you see trash on the side of the road, bring them to the dumpsters. I mean, just trying to clean up not only ourselves but to clean up the county as a whole, you know, those tires are still on the side of the road, any kind of, uh, you know, somebody that maybe dump a mattress or something like that, help out the county, uh, keep our county clean clean, keep our county beautiful, uh, and come out and, you know, especially during that week, again, April 17th to April 24th, the DeSoto County 2021 spring cleanup. Now, Matt, normally that leads right into the 24th being Earth Day. That's why they do it during that week. Now, this year, Earth Day, the Earth Day events that they usually have at the Square in Hernando uh, have been canceled uh, second year in a row for COVID. Uh, completely understandable. Uh, some some people are having events in person. We talked about the Palmer Home having kind of a mixed event. Uh, but I think if we're slowly opening up, but not everybody's taking it full, you know, full bore like they do every year, I'm sure it'll be back, you know, hot and heavy next year. So looking forward to the Earth Day. Uh, so instead of the uh, Earth Day festivities on April 24th, there is still another event that you can attend. Uh, It's the Hernando Arts Festival. Hernando Arts Festival will take place on April 24th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the Hernando Town Square. This is, once again, it's hosted by the DeSoto Arts Council, and so you'll be able to have, all the local artists will be out there in some form or fashion. They're going to have booths set up. Again, this is purely arts. Um, This is, you know, not, you know, a fair is also kind of an arts and crafts fair. This is more just the arts, the local artists, who are coming basically to sell their wares, to show it off. You know, the Arts Council building is a wonderful building, a beautiful building, but it's small. And so you usually get a sample here and there of what the artists can, can do. This will be allow them to have their own booth, set up, you know, a lot more variety uh, to be able to choose from. So, you know, please come out. Uh, you know, you would normally be coming out for Earth Day anyway. Come out to the square and, um, you know, attend this event. Uh, you know, show your love, show your support for the local artist uh, on April 24th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m.
1: 9-3 to 3 on April 24th, right there on, her, on the Hernando Square. Derek, the following weekend, some people live for this. I mean, it is interesting to pay attention to. The following Saturday, May 1st, will be the first Saturday for the Hernando Farmer's Market. Derek, we are glad to announce. Uh, we've teased a little bit last couple of shows, but the Hernando Farmer's Market will be advertising with us from uh, basically April 1st through uh, through September, through, through the time that they're going to be uh, with us. And we really appreciate them uh, taking a chance on us from an advertising standpoint to get people uh, interested in the Farmer's Market. Again, that's going to be May 1st. will be the first Farmer's Market. I know the vendors meeting was actually today as far as from, a, a, you know, learning how to be a vendor for the Farmer's Market was actually today. May 1st, Farmer's Market is going to kick off. We have one of the best Farmer's Markets It's in the South, if not the country, just a very good quality farmer's market. So Saturday, May 1st, and again, we thank them for putting their faith in us to be advertisers uh, with us, and we look forward to serving them each and every week. Speaking of award-winning service, the Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your small. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Give them a call today at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 or visit their office for the DFDC difference. Since 2001,
0: Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys'. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website at GreenKingspray.com. If you want it green, call the King.
1: Derek, the end of March, early April is a perfect time to start planning your summer family travel plans. If you're looking to make memories with your family, reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that Tropical Getaway, these ladies work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher at 662 469 That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram to start planning your magical getaway.
0: Well, Matt, it's Friday. It's time to turn to sports. Um, we are still working with the coaches. Uh, we've heard from a couple coaches, uh, also reached out to the uh, county's athletic director coach Anthony Jenkins and so working on basically getting an update uh, of all the baseball and softball records uh, once we get those once we catch up uh, and again we'll records only uh, there should be no district games yet so it'll be just the overall records once we get that then Matt and I will be paying attention we, we've already signed up for all the Twitter we're going to be uh, following everybody closely uh, catching back up so uh, do you know get hopefully give us another just show or two to get that together um, and uh, we're going to start covering the softball and the baseball for the rest of the spring we do have news coming in on other sports. And so we'll start with another signing for the county. Uh, This time, uh, we'll go back up to North Point. They had a soccer signee. I think the last signee we talked about was a soccer signee, Claire Cox, going to Delta State. Well, this week, North Point's goalie, Thomas Begee has signed to play at Bryan College. Uh, Bryan College is a small uh, Christian liberal arts college in Dayton, uh, Tennessee it kind of sits on like 128 acre hilltop uh, about 35 miles north of Chattanooga and so he has signed with them and will be uh, playing with them and again Thomas McGee is new to North Point he actually moved here from San Diego you know met Thomas a couple of times great kid really good goalie uh, does a great job in the goal for North Point something that you know they've they've you know they've he's kept us in a lot of games and helped us win a lot of games uh, starting the season so again congratulations to Thomas being able to have his college uh, paid for
1: are you saying the North Point defenseman could be better
0: i think the whole back line is pretty good actually (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, i I kid Derek because your son obviously that's the position he plays congratulations to the young man going to bryan college that'll be i I can imagine how beautiful is up up in that area uh you know to continue his his education with someone else paying for it derek that's always a good thing Derek, switching back to this basketball ranks some ladies who also may be going on further in college not sure about that but they did get some accolades for their basketball season tell us about that
0: so we talked on Tuesday, we did the boys All-State team. Well, now, I don't want you to think that we forgot, because we did not. Uh, the list was not put out, and I think, until actually Tuesday. So after our show, uh, the girls' uh, first team, uh, All-State, was announced. Now, Matt, we talked about how the, I guess, you know, how I think you know, Zandon was an honorable mention. Uh, and I think the highest that we had was maybe a second team. I think Caden Laws was second team on the uh, boys' All-State. Um, Matt, how many, are right, so we had Olive Branch, state champion, Olive Branch girls. How many if of those? How many? How many of those girls do you think made the first team?
1: It would better be one because she's the best player in the state, from what I can recall. It would be zero. Oh my
0: god! There was not an olive. So you're a state six A cha- largest school state champion, arguably arguably the best team in the state, the largest classification. They won it, losing one game the entire year. Zero players on the first team.
1: If you're listening to this podcast, please understand, this is exactly this, the example for why Derek and I wanted to do this because that is an absolute travesty because it's like the reporters from Jackson cannot come past Grenada. It's and, like they have a force field or something like that. that, and and
0: that, and that the, the Meridian team who, again, when Olive Branch beat them the first time, were the number one team in the nation.
1: I mean, well,
0: the number one team in the state. Of course, gave them their first loss, and that allowed Olive Branch to become the number one team in the state, which they maintained the entire rest of the year. Uh, they had two first team players, two first team players, none from Olive Branch. So just wanted to put that out there. So we will talk about now. Where X-Men. was
1: this released? The, the Clarion Ledger or where? Uh,
0: CapitalSportsMississippi.com. CapitalSportsMississippi.com.
1: Right Capital, yeah. We're going to link that on our Facebook page, definitely with an email address to the editor there, so you'll be able to say, hey, did you uh, drive past Grenada <laughs> to come and see a little bit more basketball? that's what a, what a transition.
0: Let's see the uh, Germantown, which is in Madison. Yep. Choctaw Central, which is in Desoto, okay, Meridian, Meridian, and Madison Central did okay, not wow. go north of Philadelphia, Mississippi. <laughs> so just just that, that just shows you so right Tupelo, there. So Tupelo, who was the only team to right. beat them, did not have a first yeah, team player. Olive Branch, no first team. Player.
1: That's why the UTW podcast exists, so we can shed a light on Desoto County kids. These kids, Derek, go ahead and tell us who did make all state and what position.
0: Now Olive Branch was represented on the rest of the teams. Uh, second team all state. Rama Piggies, who you okay. mentioned, best best player in the state, who did not on the first team. Uh, wing Ford, junior from Olive Branch, she's on the second team, third team all state. Addison Howell, Wing Ford, also a junior uh, from Olive Branch, uh, third team all state. And now we go to the honorable mentions. From the honorable mentions, we had three, so basically the remaining starters. Exactly. For Olive Branch, uh, Amaya Black, uh, senior guard from Olive Branch, Brania Eason, uh, the senior wing from Olive Branch, and Trinity Pliss, junior wing, excuse me, from Olive Branch, all honorable mentions. So. Five players were named, but however none first team. I just very, very suspect. I you know, they trust given an honorable mention, that's that's fantastic, girls. Congratulations. Y'all all should be moved up at least one
1: class. What was the name of the website again? I think I'm
0: Capital Sports Mississippi. So Capital Sports MS
1: okay. Okay, now, okay, I okay. got capitalsportsms.com, capitalsportsms.com. I guess it makes a little bit of sense because Capital Sports is going to be Jackson. Yeah, that's right. But again, Where, <laughs> I, 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 where's the North Mississippi? Yeah, I mean, and, and,
0: and one more. For we're going to
1: create our own, you know what, we're going to name our own st- thing. We'll just yeah. leave all those down oh, off, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. And then one more from the county,
0: Abby Harrison, yeah. forward, junior forward from Hernando. Of course, Abby, you know, we, we talked about her. Uh, she was just, you know, the, the leader of that team. And so, congratulations to Abby for making the uh, honorable mention All State. So, again, congratulations, girls. You know, we do not in any way disparage what you've done just because you may be ranked a lot lower than we would rank you. Uh, it was a fantastic year for all of these ladies, a fantastic year, uh, obviously, for Olive Branch, uh, the, the team as a whole. And so, you know, I know several of y'all want going to play in college. So, we, we you know, look, forward to hearing about y'all reading about y'all when y'all are in college uh but in capital sports mississippi and just jackson you know sports
1: press in general do better just do better just do better congratulations to those ladies of course Derek, we're gonna turn our attention under the water tower wrapping up our friday show by talking about under the water tower want to recognize the all district players from the girls and boys soccer team that's the girls and boys soccer team here in hernando first team miss addie mccann uh, definitely probably the best goalie or the best goalie in the district. Addie McCann, recognized as the first-team goalie. And also Emmeline Smith. She was recognized as a first-team defender. Second team would be Arlie McKay, midfield, Carly Kent, midfield, and Kendall Moore, midfield. So there you can probably kind of figure out the midfield for Hernando was pretty darn good. So they, they, congratulations to them on being second team. And then we'll turn our attention to the boys. So the 2020-21 season, first team, all district, striker, Tyler Starnes, defender, Jackson Morris. Second team, Ethan Barnes. Ethan Barnes was recognized for his play. Spencer Carlisle, wing, and Jacob Little, goalkeeper. I know Jacob Little, a big kid. Big, real big kid, kind of coming in. It wouldn't surprise me to see some things from an all-state standpoint or maybe even college stuff for Jacob Little coming up next year as a goalkeeper. So Tyler Starnes as a striker, Jackson Morris as a defender, second team Ethan Barnes, Spencer Carlisle, and Jacob Little. Guys, congratulations on being all district for the 2020-21 season. Again, congratulations to the Hernando women and men uh, soccer teams for a great season right here under the water tower. And, Matt, we've got one more, uh, I guess,
0: group that we want to um, celebrate uh, because of their, I guess uh – you know, post- or after-season awards. Uh, we talked about, you know, we went all-state uh, with the basketball. Now we're kind of pulling it more local. You did the Hernando uh, girls and boys soccer teams. And now we've got the Lady Trojans basketball team. So going back to basketball, but, of course, it's not on the state level. This is on the Metro level. The Daily Memphian uh, has named the Memphis All-Metro Hoops team. Uh, and so uh, the Trojans are well-represented. Leah Jones, Bethany Wright, Izzy Carlson, and Braille Faith Cherry have all made uh, the All-Metro uh, hoops team so just congratulations to them uh, the awesome season by the entire team and the coaching staff and just and congratulations
1: again on just more honors after just a wonderful season that saw them make it to the Final Four. If this is your first opportunity to listen to the podcast we typically finish our Tuesday and Friday shows by giving shout outs giving opportunities out to young people uh, just to shine a light on them of course football season was such a fun time to cover uh, but that's typically how we wrap up our Tuesdays and Fridays show so if you like what you hear find us on Facebook at UTW podcast On Instagram at UTW Podcast and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. Very important that you continue to share. Share our special episodes, our every Tuesday and Friday episodes. Continue to share that with others as we continue to grow, continue to grow our advertisers. If you're interested in advertising, with the UTW podcast, give us an email under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com and continue to share it with friends, family, Facebook, anywhere you can. And very important that you subscribe wherever you can hear our voice right now, subscribe to our podcast. And also remember to leave us a five-star review that helps us out from a podcast standpoint as we continue to grow. Reminder to listen to our brother podcast, OB Pod. Very simple, OB Pod, covering the eastern side of the county, Olive Branch, Center Hill, uh, eastern Lewisburg area, OB Pod. Please listen to the Alderman at Large interview show that we let we, that we put out two days ago. Listen to that, Derek. Really excited about the mayor race, mayorial race coming up next uh, in, on Tuesday, April sixth. Next Wednesday will be our mayor show. Really looking forward to it. Again, go to DesotoCountyNews.com. Read some of those questions. Read some of their answers. We're going to read them two or three times this week and really style a show that we feel like people will thoroughly enjoy. Good, solid questions, fair to both candidates, but an opportunity to shine a light on their on their candidacy. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt, and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower.
0: This is where we dropped off the pretty little girl,
1: same grade as me. Tried to kiss her once.